0: Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah, well Father we thank you as your people have given, we call them blessed, (coughs) we call them favored, and we call them healed in the name of Jesus, amen, and amen, well go with me tonight to Proverbs chapter 29, (coughs) Amen. And, and we want to look at this that I have been teaching on, unity of vision. And I know that uh, Pastor Ron has been ministering on unity and doing an admirable job. And Pastor Marie just got our hopes up. I mean, she's a faith builder. <laughs> unity a vision. is it great? The Lord spoke to me in the summer of 1996, and he said, the vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And I've said throughout this teaching, at that point, God gave me that vision. He Gave me and my wife, our family, that vision. The vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Uh, In 1999, the Lord said the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. At that point, God gave that vision to this church. Now, the interesting thing is, is for the first year I pastored the church, I could not communicate that vision. It wouldn't be received. There was no unity in the church, no unity of vision. And what had to happen was there had to, be, there had to be that element had to leave. When that element left and God did what he did, then we're able to say, okay, the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Amen. So if you're taking notes you can write down the vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Now, Proverbs 29 and verse 18, notice it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law happy is he. There's a reason that people perish without a vision. And I'm, I'm summarizing some of this, so I'm not going to take a long time on the first part of this. But there's a reason that people perish without a vision. And it's this. The vision gives life to everything that God's asked us to do. Right? It's the vision. The vision is what is the life source. Everything that you do, to, I think it was two Wednesdays ago, I ministered on, on the fact that everything that we do in the church is in service to the vision. It serves the vision. Whatever you do in the church whatever position that you hold it's to serve the vision of, of what building people's faith and framing their world by the word of god and so and so you know in in in, in the, the av department well they're they're filming the service uh, filming recording the service streaming the service right they're 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 putting the audio you know on flash drive on the hard drive What are they doing? Servicing the vision of building people's faith and framing their world by the word of God. Amen. The vision is what gives life to everything that God's asked us to do. Amen. Do you see that? Without a vision, there's no life. There's no momentum. There's no forward movement. That's in any area of your life. If there's an area, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to get off into a personal vision, but here's the point. If you have a lack of momentum somewhere in your life, I promise you, guarantee you, you don't have a vision for that area of your life because vision gives life to every part of your life. Every part, right? If, if you're married, you got to have a vision for your marriage you got to have a vision for your finances. you got to have a vision for your home. You've got you to have a vision for all of those elements because it all needs the life of the vision. When you have the life of the vision, you have action moving towards the, the, the vision. If you don't have a vision, there's no action. Amen. The, for instance, the vision for my personal finances and my family's life is this. I am building a financial wall around my family so strong, nothing can penetrate it. That's the vision for my finances and my family. I'm not touching my reserves, my savings account. We're living off the top of the barrel. I got a financial wall around my family so strong, nothing can penetrate it. Now, now listen, that, that gives life. So then when, when, when we receive our salary, when we receive increase, we receive income. That vision dictates what we do with the funds. You understand? And what's it do? It gives life to the dream. Oh, hallelujah. Did did you see that? The vision gives life to all that God has asked you to do. Without a vision, there's no life, no movement, no forward momentum. Vision creates parameters. Vision creates parameters. Vision creates safety. Vision is solidity. See, where there's a vision, you're not just doing your own thing. Because I got a vision. Amen. In uh, the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, and these are, as Brother Hagin would say, our golden text. (laughs) But I don't want to keep you too late tonight. Let's just read verse 2 for the sake of time. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. Write, inscribe the vision. Make it plain, distinct, make it clear, engrave it. There's a reason to write the vision. Why? So the one reading it can run with it. So the one reading it can run with it. That implies a unity of vision. One is writing the vision and one is running with the vision. The the key is this, is that you become what the vision is. You will become what the vision is. So faith builders is not just somewhere I go to church. Faith builders, a faith builder is what I am. I become what the vision is. But notice, whose vision am I running with? The vision that someone else wrote. Hallelujah. (laughs) So where the local church is and in the local church, there is no my vision and their vision. It's just the vision. Just the vision. Hallelujah. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Notice, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, that you all speak The same thing. One translation says that you have uniformity of testimony. You all speak the same thing. What what is the result of everyone speaking the same thing? There's no divisions. And the body is perfectly joined together. Now when we think no divisions, we think gossip, offense, uh, being offended. That's what we think of as division. Division is when there's not unity of vision. Everybody's speaking the same thing, all right? Same thinking comes from the same vision. We can't think the same without the same vision. Cannot. Hallelujah. So we're to think the vision, then we see the vision, then we act on the vision. Hallelujah. Because vision is more than what a church does. The vision of a church is what that church is. Because you have to understand that you will always and only become what the vision is. Always and only. When you hook up to a church, to a ministry, and you hook up to that vision, you become what that vision is. Ever what it may be. Hallelujah. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Glory. (laughs) He says, If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Now, I know in the perfect context, this is talking about a person interrupting the service with a message in tongues and there not being an interpretation. But it applies in this sense. If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? The pastor is the sound of the trumpet and he has the certain sound. It's called the vision. If the sound you are hearing is uncertain, it's because it's not the vision. Amen. Amen. The sound you hear is certain, it's the sound of the unified voice. Amen. Uh, one voice is limited in its scope, a unified voice transcends it. Amen. Now, I, like many of you, well, let me move over here because it's not on this side. I, like many of you wonderful folks, am a world champion Kansas City Chiefs fan. Let me come over here and remind you, world champion, two-time, three-time world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Just saying. Now, that's wonderful. But listen, there's something else that we have the best of. We are the loudest stadium in the NFL. Ever. Ever. Amen. I mean, all them other fellows, they just, they will in our wattage. Amen. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No one person can make that much noise. You can be the biggest fan of the Kansas City Chiefs that you want to be and yell till you go hoarse. And if it's just you, they won't even hear you in Arrowhead. They'll hear something. Is that a bird dying or... Right? Now how many is head Seat? 30, 40,000? 70. And you got 70,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs? That's called a unified voice. What happens? It shakes the foundation. I know people that were at the game when we set the record and they said, My ears buzzed. For four days. Well, imagine sitting beside somebody and he's yelling the whole game. Oh! Wow. My point is unified voice. When you get a body all speaking the same thing and going the same direction, there's a certainty about it. There's a certainty about it. Amen. Glory. Look at Luke chapter 4. There's a certainty about it. (laughs) And verse 18. Now this is a familiar scripture, but I want you to see something. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now what is this? The vision for the ministry of Christ. The vision for the ministry of Christ. The vision he was given was what the Father had instructed him to do. Understand that vision is a heavenly directive. Vision is a heavenly directive. It comes from God. When Paul, in I think it's Acts 26, he was standing before Agrippa, and he was giving his testimony, and he made the statement. He said that when, when the Lord Jesus, the light shone on him, and he, he was knocked down on the road to Damascus, and he says he heard a voice, and a voice began to speak to him and told him what was going to go on in his life and ministry. And how, and how he was going to deliver him and, and, and take him to the, to the kings and to the Gentiles and the Jews. And he said, now rise up on your feet and go into the city and you'll be told what to do. And remember how he ended that? He said, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Vision is a heavenly directive. Vision is what God wants that body to accomplish. That's the directive. Build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. And so then every part of what we does services that vision because that's the heavenly directive. And God doesn't speak to people and have them tweak the vision. And he doesn't speak to people and say add to the vision. Amen. Amen. There may be other elements that come and are added to it, but it never changes the vision. It'll be you build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God and do this and do this, but this is the vision. Why do we want to raise up a spiritual production center to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God? Why do we want to take city, state, nation, and world to build their faith and frame their world by the word of God? Why do we want to raise up a distribution center of the word of faith? To build their faith and frame their world by the word of God. That's the heavenly directive. Yes, yeah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Amen. And you know, we're doing it. Yes, Praise God. Vision is a heavenly directive. Look at John 17. I hope you brought your nimble fingers because we got a few pages to turn. <coughs> John 17 and 4. I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work that you gave me to do. Notice, Jesus said he glorified the Father by finishing the work he gave him to do. He stayed with the vision. Amen. See, to complete the work, you have to stay with the vision. Because a church will always enter into decline when they stray from the vision. Because the vision is their purpose. That's why they exist. If a church stops doing what they exist for, there's no reason for them to exist. You understand? Listen, churches are not put on the earth to be social outreach centers. Got quiet in here. We're not called and put on the earth to be soup kitchens. If we feed people, it's because we want to what? Help me out. Right? Listen, some of y'all remember. We used to feed 200 people every Sunday. Yeah, you remember. You used to pull all these chairs out and roll cafeteria tables in here and feed them. I mean, we had ladies showing up here at 5 o'clock in the morning cooking. Had huge pallets of food from harvesters every week. Amen. There were people that wanted to come and eat. Well, when do we get to eat? After church? Why we got to wait to after church? Because you got to hear the word. Amen. Amen. Got to build your faith. If I just fill your belly and don't build your faith, I've done you a disservice. Now you're looking at me as your source. I want to show you who is your source and then tell you how good he is Amen. by feeding your belly. Yes, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand? But that, that was never our purpose. Our purpose was never to feed people. It was to build their faith. A church is not supposed to be a, soci- a social economic change agent. We minister to everybody. Yes, yes. What do we minister? The Word. We build their faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Yeah. I remember one time, uh, my pastor, uh, Pastor Caldwell, you know, he had one of the first integrated churches in Little Rock, Agape. And uh, I know that sounds interesting, considering it was, it was founded and came into existence in the early 1980s. But if you've, if, if you've, ne- if you've never been in the South and lived in the South, you don't know anything about prejudice. You don't know anything about racism. The racists they have around here, uh, they're juniors. Amen. And, it, but, and, and so, so, but the word started getting out about the church. And people of all races started coming. Amen. And a bunch of white pastors got together with him and said, Can you, now listen. And said, can you tell us how to get some black folk in our church? And, and, you know, my pastor looked at them and he said, listen, you're doing this for the wrong reason. He said, that's tokenism. You want some token black people in your church. That's all you want them for. You don't want them to change their life. You want them so your church will look good. See, the vision of Agape Church was what? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you love one another. That was the vision. And when you start loving people, listen, black folk don't care if you're white if you love them. White folk don't care if you're black if you love them. Mexican folk don't care if you're white if you love them. Homosexuals will listen to you if you'll love them. Transgender folks will listen to you if you love them. Amen. When, when the church gets political and they start beating people up with politics and they, they stray from their vision. Am I helping you? So, so why, why? Why do I teach in election years on the platforms? Why do I do that? To build your faith. And frame your world about what the Bible says about your election. Not to get involved in politics. Dear Lord, I wouldn't become a politician. Take a step down. My goodness. And I have friends that are politicians. I, listen, I just came from a meeting where I, I walked on Capitol Hill and talked to our representatives. Amen. I, I love politicians, but that's not what we're called to do. We're called to build peoples and that's it. See, stability comes from vision. Direction comes from vision. Vision is parameters. Vision is parameters. (laughs) Look at Acts 10. (laughs) I want to show you how strictly the church adhered to this vision. Acts 10 34. Then Peter opened his mouth, said, Of a truth, I perceive God is no respecter of persons. In every nation he hath that, feareth him, and worketh righteousness, is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. This word, that word, what word? That word that was preached. I say, you know, it was published throughout all Judah and began from Galilee after the baptism of that John preached. What was it? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power that went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So according to Peter, the apostles ministered the same thing Jesus ministered. Jesus' vision was their vision. When they went out and preached, they went out and preached, God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth. To what? Set at liberty them that are bruised. Open the eyes of the blind. Release the prisoners from prison. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. They didn't go out and reinvent the ministry. Amen. And and isn't it wonderful? Notice the success that came from staying with the same vision. (laughs) tremendous move of God Acts chapter 2 am I helping you my wife will listen to this and say Philip you need to enunciate better because it sounds like you say am I helping you I helping you am I helping you help yourself Come on in. What you say? Acts 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in another doctrine. No, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and of in prayers. So according to Peter, the apostles ministered the same thing Jesus ministered. And notice, they continued in the apostles' doctrine, their vision, and they were in, what were they in? One accord. Yes, yes. You can't continue in the same vision and not be in one accord. You know, you know why when you hear a praise team, our praise team, and, they, and, and, and they, some of them, are, they're singing different parts, singing in harmony, but they're still in accord well, now now listen, why does it sound so good? Well, number one, they're talented, they're, they're anointed. They have a vision. The vision, right, through leading people into worship and praise is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Nobody's up here to be heard. They're up or to be seen. They're up there to lead people into worship. Now, that will always result in success. Amen. Amen. That will always result in success. Look at 2 Timothy 2. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Thou therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who will be able to teach, each, uh, teach others also. Now notice, the things you heard. From where? Me, Paul says. Those same things commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others the same thing. Is that right? Isn't that what it says? I mean, I added words, but isn't that what it says? What you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men, the same things, who will be able to teach others also. Amen. He didn't say, Timothy, get your own thing and teach that. Listen, I found found something in ministry today, and it's this. Everybody wants to be known for what they know. And so they're abandoning what was taught previously and they're losing the power and the revelation of it. Hallelujah. You know, everything that that the ministers in our fellowship, everything they hear me teach, if they'll take it and meditate on it, God will give them something to add to it that'll make it even power, more powerful for the next generation. But when you constantly abandon what you've learned, then you're back at the genesis of your anointing. And you gotta fix your own stew, buddy. When you can have my recipe with all my seasonings, I can, I can tell you how to make the base and just chop it up and put it in there and put you some vegetable stock and whoo, my good. Amen. And then you'll be working and, and the Holy Spirit will say, now look over here. Oh, my Lord, I've never seen that before. Well, what do I do? Call me so I can shout about it and preach it and claim it as mine. <laughs> Amen. I was on the phone the other day and the Lord said to me, hey, no, sound a lot like Ron. Amen. I'll give you credit once. But you understand why I'm saying this? Because Paul is telling Timothy, stick with the vision. Just, Just teach what you've been taught. Right? He said, teach faithful people what I taught you. And they will teach others also. Amen. Say this out loud. Say, Lord, find me faithful to the vision teach faithful people. What does that mean? You don't teach unfaithful people. You can't teach unfaithful people because they're not faithful. Teaching is a repetition of truth. And to get under a repetition of truth, you have to be faithful to be there. Amen. Listen, I've got teachers in here. How important is attendance? And, and aren't there certain times it's, it's majorly important, yeah. right? I, I remember when Lily was learning, learning sight words, right, and learning vowels and learning how to, write to enunciate. The teacher would sit sent home a memo and said, it is, if at all possible, do not let them be absent in the next ever how many weeks, because this is like the cornerstone of what we're teaching, Right? Why? Because we're, we're getting a truth into them and they need to be here. Glory to God. Amen. And so that's, you know, even what, when Lily was the, the, the devil attacked her with that sickness that the Lord healed her from. Amen. 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 You know, amen. Pastor Michelle, Pastor Michelle got her lessons and, and got her, got her work and, and her back work. And, and when she started feeling better, put her to work on it. Why? Because we didn't want her to lose what she had, what she had gained. Amen. Every time you come to church, you're getting a fresh infusion of the vision. And you're getting another truth that you can add to your arsenal every time you show up. And those things are being taught to faithful people. Am I helping you? Vision has to be communicated to every generation. Every generation. Vision has to be communicated to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where vision is lost, revelation is lost. And I'm, I'm going to get into something in just a moment. I'm only going to take about 10 more minutes. When you abandon vision, you move away from your foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, just, 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 just look at some of the things going on in our nation. Why, why is the problem? Moving away from the vision for the nation. Amen. You know, when people call America a democracy, you just want to stand up and yell from the top of your lungs, we are not a democracy, we're a republic. A democracy is the rule of law. A republic is the rule of the people. See, you've got to wake up to that. In reality, we're in charge. You know, every representative that I went to at Capitol Hill and I went to their office to go in their office, none of them told me I couldn't come in because their boss just showed up. I pay your salary. But how many Americans do you know that think that way? Well, the government, the government, the government. Why are you buying into that lie? The the, the Bible. Our founding documents says that our government is to be a government of what? The people, for the people, by the people. Now, when you move away from that vision, and how do they move you away from that vision? Intimidate you, make you think that you don't have the power that you have. Hallelujah. And what happens? What happens? Then revelation is lost because you moved away from the foundation. So to keep the power, keep the vision. Keep the power, keep the vision. You know, the Lord told uh, Brother Hagan <laughs> in the, oh, late 1930s, early 1940s, he said, I want you to go teach my people faith. That was the vision for his life and ministry. Now, remember, a vision is short and succinct, not 8 or 10 or 12 paragraphs. Go teach my people faith. Now, we know that, and that's what he did. And that drove him. He was constantly saying, how do I do this? Because in the beginning, he said, yes, Lord, I'm going to preach it from the Oklahoma border to the Red River all the way down to Brown. He thought if you covered Texas, it was big. Well, it is big, but then then his vision enlarged. He said, I'm going to preach it from one end of the United States, from the Canadian border to the Rio Grande River. He thought that'd be big, too, but then it went around the world. But what was it? Constantly, Lord, how do I do this? How do I get this vision of teaching people faith, right? And that's where, that's where all the books came out of. Three of the largest churches in the world trace their heritage back to one book, The Authority of the Believer. Where did that vision come from? Go go teach my people faith. That vision drove him to donate 100,000 books to the nation of Africa. And out of that 100,000 books were three pastors that got a hold of one of those books, and now they pastor three of the biggest churches in the world. Amen. Amen. Go teach my people faith. I was sitting in the speaker's room at the World Christian Center with Mark Hankins. One, one evening, and we were talking about some of these things, and he made a statement to me, he, to, personally to me. He said, he said I still, uh, you know, he said, Dad Hagen went home to be with the Lord a number of years ago. He said, I'm still vitally connected to the Hagen's ministry. He said, because years ago, the Lord told me that I was to help Brother Hagen fulfill his vision. Go teach my people faith. And, and the way he made the statement, he said to me, he said that God had hooked him up to Brother Hagin, to Dad Hagin. And that the vision God had given Brother Hagan was what he was following. Hallelujah. Now see, that's where people miss it. Is they think, well, if I'm following, if I'm helping fulfill someone else's vision, what about my ministry? Well, I don't think it hurt him any. I don't think I heard him any. I mean, he's just known around the world. Hallelujah. But you know, there's a time he wasn't. I said, there's a time he wasn't. Well, what changed that? Sticking with a vision. Amen. God raised up Oral Roberts and he gave him the vision. Take my healing power to your generation. Take my healing power to your generation. And he did. And and you know, Richard Roberts didn't go try to find another vision. He just kept doing what his dad did. He still calls his ministry or Roberts' ministries. And the vision for his ministry is take my healing power to this generation. Amen. I don't think it hurt him any. No. Right? God told Dr. Les Summerall, he said, I want you to take, show my, this generation my strength. That's what he did. My pastor traveled with him, and he said, he was a tank. He said he was double any of our age when we were traveling with him, and he'd run us in the ground. Take my strength to this generation. Amen. And when people come along, they just grab a hold of that vision. this the, the reason this is so important is because it's the vision. God gives men a vision. And when you lose the vision, you use, lose the revelation. I know a ministry right now. If I told you the ministry and, and the person, you, you would know them. But their entire ministry is tied up in legal issues. None of their books are being printed. None of their uh, audio recordings are being put out. None of their intellectual properties are being produced because it's all tied up in litigation. Because a grandson and other parts of the family are fighting over the ministry. And I was talking to Annette Caps about this, and uh, she made she made a statement about this. You know, they they. Uh, they haven't been printing any of Dr. Summerall's books on demons. And she made a statement. She said, yeah, that's why nobody knows anything about demons. See, God gives revelation to men and women in a vision that's a heavenly directive. And that revelation is there to make a difference in people's lives. Every succeeding generation has to come along, pick that vision up, and keep going with it. Why? To keep, not to keep the memory of the original guy alive, to keep the power of the revelation alive. Hallelujah. You know, the bottom line is this. If Jesus doesn't return, if the rapture of the church doesn't come, one day, one day... I will fall over dead and everything about this body will go to dust and you can get the biggest picture and put it up in whatever building we have at that time and say I was the pastor emeritus and in just a few short years people will walk in the foyer and go who's that? True. But if the vision's alive the revelation will be alive and it doesn't matter whose picture's on the wall. Matter of fact, you ain't got to put a picture of me up. Dear Lord. Pastor, we'll get a bust of you. Why? Then, 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 then the guy that's pastoring after me, leading the organization after me, he'll just want a bigger picture. <laughs> you see why I'm saying this is important? You lose the revelation. And we need what that minister has tied up in legal affairs because the world needs what he knew. Amen. But what's the issue? People were more interested in power than in the vision. When nobody cares who gets the credit, we'll be a success. Amen. Amen. God gives men a vision. The vision directs their activity. Let me say this. The more closely you align yourself with the vision, the more effective your efforts. If I closely align myself with the vision, it's not just what do you want me to do? What's the vision? What's the vision? and align myself with the vision because I I become a servant to the vision. Amen. When when I travel with my pastor, I I don't function in my vision in his ministry. I function out of my vision because that's where the power's at. I do what God told me to do for him. What do I do? I conform myself to his vision. What what does he want me to do? Does that make sense? But the the dividends, when you willfully say, okay, I'm I'm just going to do this, that's when the dividends come. Because you got to settle something. What if nobody ever knows you? Amen. Right? What then? But I'm looking at what the vision's doing. Can I help you real quick? Take about five minutes. I'll be done. I promise. I don't lie. Or embellish the truth. Or forget. So let me see. What's five minutes? Okay. 41. 741. Okay. Okay. Amen. But for instance, the the television program that Pastor Ron and others help us produce and put on the air, that you help with the Project 2414 keep on the air. Thank you. Amen. I had a lady that was uh, uh, from the church. She was in the hospital the other day, and I, I went up to see her, and she was dealing with some things. And uh, I went in, and she said, Pastor, she said, uh, uh, people know you and Pastor Michelle all over the city. I said, well, praise God. And she said, I have some nurses that, uh, that, that are Christian. And they came in, they were me where I'll go to church. And she said, I go to Faith Builders. And they said, Philip and Michelle Steele? Yep. Oh, I watch them all the time on VTN. Amen. Well, you know what? They see me, but they're hearing the vision. I think I'm a pretty good preacher. But if somebody don't send us, how's anybody going to hear what we got to say? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Look, I'm like this. You want to be on my television program? Come on. (laughs) It's not like rarefied air. I mean, it's a a camera with a big red eye and you talk in it. It's not glamorous, but it is the vision. Amen. Do, Do you see why I'm saying this? But there are people that give Every month we get partner letters from people every month. And it's little widow woman, w- little widow women. And they give twenty-five dollars a month. I want to give this into the television ministry. We got one person that sends us change every month. Nickels, pennies, and dimes. This is all I got, but I want to I want to give it to help build people's faith. I may not ever see those people this side of heaven. But they're helping us get the vision into people's lives. Amen. I never asked the Lord to let me be on TV. I never asked the Lord to pastor two churches. I said, Lord, whatever is entailed in the vision, that's what I want to do. And everything that we're doing is because of the vision. Everything that we're doing is because of the vision. Amen. And I can stand before you. What's the date today? 23rd. July 23rd. Dear Lord, where did it go? July 23rd, 2023, and I can tell you unequivocally before God, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision, and I will not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. And when I die, they better put on my headstone, here lies a faith builder. He built people's faith and framed their world by the word of God. And I'm gonna look at all my ministers and tell you unequivocally, I'm asking the Lord right now, if you don't keep that vision going, I'm gonna come back and haunt you. You'll be laying in your bed at night and feel my bony fingers across your face. (laughs) Not really, I can't do that, but one preacher was preaching. He said, if you don't do that, I will pray that the fleas of a thousand camels visit your house tonight. So, hallelujah. That would be just mean. (laughs) Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Did you receive anything from the Lord tonight? Oh, hallelujah.